This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. I've just come out of the GTEC Stadium where Tottenham Hotspur have just got their first point of the Premier League campaign. Of course, Ange Postacoglu's first game in charge in the Premier League. Brentford 2, Tottenham Hotspur 2. Goals from Romero and Emerson Royale. Now, the fans all game sang Ange Postacoglu's name. A fantastic atmosphere in the away end. The head coach even got all of the players to go over to the away end. Um, where, of course, they applauded all of the fans. Really good atmosphere. Scott Mum was in attendance as well at the GTEC Stadium today, as was South Korea uh, manager and, of course, Tottenham Hotspur legend Jurgen Klingsman. I've got three very special guests, as normal, to talk about today's game. We've got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Ricky, how are you? I am buzzing, bro. Start of a new season, start of a new era, start of a new chapter, start of a new Tottenham, bro. And, you know, with all the ups and downs that we've had over this, pre-season and summer transfer window, I was just really excited to get down to business and to see what the boys are bringing. You know, it is totally, it's, it's a totally fresh side. And there were so many green shoots today that I am buzzing to see what to, what, what's to come. Um, the relationships will build, uh, the, the, the kind of connectivity will build, uh, but there is so many good things. Uh, to see from that performance today and there's so many good things to highlight also while I'm in the highlighting bit I've got to show you me top that I got off of Jonesy starting 11 gave me the old legend Ginola so I'll be wearing me this will be me lucky top this year so uh, come on you Spurs I'm ready to have it let's get into it your sister's middle name Yes, yes, yes. Well, I call her Janola. I don't even. I, I totally skip her first name. So I, every time I'm on the phone to her or whatever, I'm like, "Hey, Janola." Do you know what I mean? But yeah, so this is the first time that she's probably seen it as well. So she's probably going to look to nick it off me. But um, yeah, come on, you Spurs. Love it. Come on, you Spurs. Love it. We, we've also got Becky Day back with us, of course, a part of the Cheese Room podcast. Becky, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on again. Um, first part of the season. Um, it's Jack's 11th birthday today, so we watched it at home with oh. loads of family over. Um, and like I agree with Ricky, so many positive things. Um, 
you know, I think they were a bit nervous, sort of 10, 15 minutes. But once they kind of settled in, um, yeah, really positive. Um, and I like the fact that we were kind of finishing on the front foot as well, which I think, you know, it wasn't a case of just hanging on. We were, you know, we could have gone for the kill, but, you know, we haven't had many preseason games either. So there was a lot of them that, you know, there was a lot of minutes to get in the legs and I, I you know, we'll get through to it, but I thought it was a really positive start. See, Becky, you can't wait to talk about it all, can you? Nope. <laughs> We've also got Josh Hughes back with us, of course, from the Daily Mail. Josh, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, I'm more positive than usual. <laughs> I know that sometimes I'm quite negative, but um, I'm perhaps not getting as carried away by today. I think that I've got a lot more balance in terms of what I saw, but I yeah. uh, did a tweet uh, not too long ago and I had four positive points and three negative points. So overall, that's positive, isn't it? So uh, for, for a first game of the season, essentially without a proper pre-season, a non-pre-season, um, there was a lot of good to take from this. And, and in many ways, it almost felt as if this was a pre-season game. Not, not that it lacked the intensity, but in terms of where we were at, in terms of match fitness, match sharpness. Um, you know, it felt like we were perhaps still in pre-season. So to to fight in the way that we did and play with that intensity, uh, the fitness in the legs of some of those players, particularly towards the end of the game as well, was all really good to see. So, um, yeah, can't wait to get into it. Lots to discuss. Josh, let's get into it. Let's start the show with you. You said about positives there and you said about negatives. We love a bit of balance on this show. Um, give me your thoughts on today's game and give me all of those positives and negatives. Yeah, do you know what? Let me start with the negatives because I want to get them out of the way because I am feeling pretty good um, about this. Um, I think the goals that we conceded were really sloppy. Um, I think the referee was... Uh, the referee's one of the, the negatives, by the way, which isn't really entirely our fault at all. I thought the penalty uh, was correct. It was a penalty, but not going to lie, the game is completely gone when those are penalties, but that's unfortunately where we're at. I thought the referee seemed to be incredibly inconsistent in booking Tottenham players. When Brentford players do the same thing, they wouldn't get a booking or even a foul given. Um, I felt that particularly the second goal, we got caught out in exactly the way that we thought we were going to get caught out. If we were going to get caught out, it was always going to be long ball over the top. Uh, although, to be honest, it, it to me, it felt like there was a foul in the build-up to that goal that the referee completely missed. Um, and the only other negatives, really, was we lacked creativity. I think it was always going to be difficult to adjust post-Harry Kane because Harry Kane was, for so many years, our main sort of hub of creativity and goal scorer. Um, that's all I'm going to say on him because I don't think he's worth our breath now. He's gone. He was going to win a cup on his debut. That turned out really well for him. Um, and the only other negative was I, I felt like Kulusevski and Son really struggled today. I felt like they offered, you know, pretty much nothing. Um, they were marked out the game very easily. Son had a great chance, which he completely squandered. Um, and perhaps Ange could have brought on Perisic earlier. And I would have liked to see Mana Solomon, particularly at the end of the game, with his pace and his energy and his ability with both feet. I would have liked to see him get some minutes. Um, but on to the positives, and there were a lot more of those. Um, you know, despite looking shaky at the start, I mean, if if someone had put a bet on Romero and Emerson being our first two goal scorers, they'd be very, very rich um, <laughs> by the end of today. Uh, that ball in from Madison is probably the best set-piece delivery I've seen in the last three years. If that was last season, that would have 
uh, failed to beat the first man. Um, Basuma absolutely dominated this game. Absolutely dominated this game. It was like he was on a level above even. And I thought there were there were four standout players for me today, which were Basuma, Udoji, uh, Van der Ven and um, Madison. Madison. I thought that they were all really positive. But Basuma was was on another level to, to even those players. So, yeah, that this yeah. game was all about Yves Basuma for me. He was a complete enforcer. He carried the ball really well, turned defence to attack. The way that he was evading challenging was really good. Um, Udoji, for me, born to play in the Premier League. That's what I said on my tweet. I mean, for, for a debut to, to be as strong as he was, as quick as he was, he didn't feel like he needed to get up to speed at all. He was very much in his place in the Premier League. Um, and and they really struggled to create or do anything on that side of the pitch, minus the, the penalty, which I, I think was incredibly soft. Um, Van de Ven, really unlucky, I felt, with the second goal. I mean, he's doing his best to try and block it, and it's just deflected past Vicario, uh, who I didn't think was great today. Um, I liked certain things that he did, but I felt that he was quite shaky, and I couldn't help but think back to a lot of similarities with Hugo Lloris in terms of the decision-making and the ability with the ball at his feet. However, he's young. It was his first appearance. He's going to get better and better. Uh, I thought Emerson, yes, he was skinned several times in the first half, but I think most players in world football will struggle to keep up with the pace of Brian and Buemo uh, and Rico Henry. I mean, that is a rapid left side for Brentford. But he was so much better defensively in the second half. The goal was really well taken. I loved the fact that he was practically playing central midfield for most of the game. This inverted fullback system seemed to really suit both the doji uh, and Emerson. Um, and, and overall, I thought there was just good spirit, good fighting. You know, I, I felt that there was a little bit of Conte hangover. I think that's fair to say. There was a few moments where I think Ange would have been probably screaming at the players quicker, quicker, quicker. And we slowed it down a little bit. It was a bit sideways and backwards. It's always hard to break down teams like Brentford. But, you know, I think that for a first proper, proper game, you know, competitive game, Brentford, tough place to go. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not disappointed with it. I think it's an OK result. Um, and I'm definitely thinking, you know, let's trust the process. But certainly I'm not delighted with it in any way because... You know, I think that if we're really happy with the results at Brentford, um, that shows just how much our expectations have now been lowered and where we are as a football club. You know, we should be looking. And I said on a podcast with you, Chris, um, probably a month ago now, I said, what I want to see from Spurs is us trying and going and winning every single game against the teams that should, in theory, be below us in the table. So, yeah, I'm, I'm OK with the result. And I thought it was a lot of positives. So, um, yeah, I think we can only really get better from here. A lot of positives indeed. And Postacoglu after the game said, I thought our supporters were outstanding today. It's fair to say we've put them through it a bit this pre-season. And all we can do is give them some hope and belief. Ricky, is that how you're feeling? Uh, you have hope and belief after that performance? Oh, I, I, do you know what? I, I, it's definitely increased, my friend. Um, it's definitely increased. I've got a lot more optimism. Obviously, Harry leaving when he did, it, it was a sucker punch to us all. Um, but what I think it did do was galvanise this squad and it galvanised that team and they all knew what their missions were. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, there's a lot more hope there. And this is just the beginning. Like Joshua was saying there, 
you know, this is almost like pre-season for us because we haven't really got to have a run of games and we haven't really got to have our first team have some 90 minutes under, underneath their belts or 90-minute pluses with all the extra time um, but underneath their belt. But, you know, on the negatives and positives for me, you know, the negatives, again, I'll start with the negatives because let's get them out of the way. Um, you know, my concerns over Vaccaro are still pretty much there. Parrying into the box, parrying into you know, in, back into danger. He had a couple of nice saves, to be fair to him. And he came out and played aggressive um, outside of his own uh, box and stuff like that. So th- there were some good bits, but the, the the concerns that I had when he came in were still there. Um, but again, he's young. Like Josh was saying, uh, the more games that he gets, the more games that he gets in front of the first choice back two and the first choice back four, um, I, I think he'll grow. And uh, fingers crossed we're going to see the best of him really, really soon. But again, there was some good shot uh, shot stop in there. There was a good few saves from him. But again, the, the same concerns that I had over him were were there to see. But my hope is is that he, he will definitely grow into this side. The other negative for me was uh, Richarlison. Um, you know, the positive aspect is that he had two shots. He, he had no offsides and he didn't cry. Um, you know, um, big shoes so, to fill, though, isn't it, Rick? Massive shoes to fill. But you know, I, I want Richarlison. You know, Richarlison's been here for a year, and yes, he got some tough times under Conte, and yes, he got put the pressure under, and yes, he only scored one goal last year. But I, I, I'm expecting big things from Richarlison. Uh, my concern with him is that he's not scored more than I think it is 13 goals in a season whether he's been starting in number nine or, or whether he started every game or not. So um, it's definitely going to be a breakout season for him. And um, I, we definitely need to see a bit a bit more to, uh, from him. And uh, not having Harry Kane up there, of course, it's going to be different. Of course, it's going to be different. Of course, there's, a, there's you know, those, those players in the midfield and on the wings, they've got to look for different runs and they've got to, you know, they've got to find the number nine. Um, so those are my concerns over the kind of negative side of the things. But there were so many positives. Yudoji, Yudogi, um, I thought was phenomenal. I think going forward and tracking back, I think his pace, his strength, his um, composure, all of those things, I just see him growing and growing and growing and growing. And I think he's only, what, 20, 21 or something like that. So there's so his ceiling is so high right now. But he definitely gave me, uh, you know, hope. And he definitely gave me, you know, that kind of thing of where we've got a left-sided defender who can defend and can move forward. You know, he was all over the pitch. Those inverted fullback positions, he was everywhere, always looking for the ball. He was always available. Um, Emerson Royale was all over the pitch. You know, yes, he got skinned a couple of times uh, because he doesn't have that electric pace, but he was all over the pitch. He always made himself available. He was dominant. The goal was fantastic for him. I think that will set him off. Um and give him a confidence boost going into this season. And uh, hopefully that gives the rest of the squad a bit more confidence about passing to him and, and having him involved in those areas, you know, because he, he, he can come up with something right now. So definitely good stuff from him. It was great to see Mickey van der Ven in the side, you know, as a debutant, um, only been here a couple of days, might have got two or three training sessions in if he was lucky. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was great to chuck him in. Let him learn on the job. Let him start building that partnership. It was just a shame that after 13 minutes that Romero went off, so he couldn't build that partnership anymore. 
But um, yeah, there's there's a bright future ahead. But Basuma, like everybody's been saying, Basuma, head and shoulders above the rest. My gosh, he's twinkle toes, he's strength, tenacity. He's he's always looking forward. He's not afraid to, to pass the ball backward as well. But he was just phenomenal, always asking for the ball, always trying to make it happen. And it was so nice to see Madders in there as well. Just like got two assists from Madders today. You know, um, he definitely is excited about being at Tottenham and wearing a Tottenham shirt. It looks a bit crazy, him having a number 10. Uh, seeing the number 10 out there felt nice, but seeing a different name above that number 10 was a little bit, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to, but there are so many good things to come from this side. Again, Sonny, all right, he's just come back from um, injury. He's finding his feet. He's building up his minutes. He ain't had no preseason. Kulu... A lot more needs to come from Kulu because it's almost easy to read. But yeah, it's just for the first game of the season under Angeball with this new, totally new setup and totally new, almost totally new squad. Um, I, I think it's exciting times ahead. Uh, and, and the fact that Ange as well didn't give the vice captaincy or captaincy to Dyer, Davies or Hoiberg suggests that we're all on this new era, suggests that we are on a new chapter. We are looking for new leaders. We are looking for those players that are in those positions to take responsibility and move forward and to put Angeball into the stratosphere, to like put the, the messages and the mission forward. So I'm super excited about this. I can't wait to see more. 2-2 um, at Brentford ain't a bad result. It's, a, it's the first time under Ange. They've got so many things to work out. They, their relationships, where they run. There's, there's so many things, you know what I mean? This is just the beginning. So I'm super excited about what's to come. It is definitely a new era and a lot of exciting things to come, hopefully. Ange Postacoglu has just spoken out about Eve Basuma and said Basuma has been outstanding throughout pre-season and was superb today. We had a lot of the ball and it was important. We kept things ticking over. Our progression of the ball was really good. We just lacked a cutting edge. It is at the stage where we're at. Um, we're trying to change the way that the team plays and uh, they are taking on a lot of information. Becky, let's get your thoughts on today's game. Um, I I agree with, with both Josh and Ricky on a whole load of that. Um, so I'm not going to repeat the same sort of things. For me, I, um, with Vicario, as well as this kind of, you know, with his feet, um, the kind of the way he kind of came hairing out of his goal a few times, panicked me a few times, I have to say. Um, mm. You know, I, he kicked a few goal kicks straight out, didn't he? And, and certainly at the beginning, like I said about them being nervous, when the Brentford supporters were sort of booing him and, and kind of hissing him, that worked. He was very nervous. So I, I think he's going to have to learn fairly quickly um, because other teams will do the same thing. As soon as we put any kind of pressure there, um, we're, we're, we're struggling, aren't we? Um, I, it was such a shame that Romero had to go off. I think the reason why he was so angry as well is because probably with um, head injury protocols that he may have to miss the uh, Man United game now because of that. And he probably knew that. Um, I thought Sanchez did okay coming in. I My problem with Sanchez is he goes to ground too easily. Um, and that worries me a lot. Um, there were times when he made some interceptions today doing that. But I think sometimes, you know, it, that's going to be difficult and and you know like you've just said about Van der Ven having his first game getting used to playing with Romero and then 13 minutes in he's playing with Sanchez so it, I think Van der Ven did superbly with that he looks such a unit he looks so good in the air and um, I think once he kind of gets used to the pace of the Premier League he's going to be kind of you know because some of the interceptions in the second half were really on it um, 
we looked much more calm in the second half. I think the defence looked much calmer and less panicky. And like you said, that will come with experience. I was saying when we were watching it, you know, because of Kane playing so much in pre-season, I know he didn't play in a Barcelona game, but, you know, Son, Richarlison and Kulusevski hadn't played a match together like that. So that's going to take time. You know, we know from years and years that, you know, Son would put it on a plate for Kane because they just knew where they were. And that's not there with Richarlison. You can tell that he was kind of, you know... He didn't quite know where to run. Sometimes he was being intercepted. He was being crowded out. I think the, the chance that he had in the second half was a great chance. He puts that in and he builds on confidence. But the longer he goes without a goal, the more pressure builds on him. Um, Skip, I thought Skip did well. Um, you know, when we have Basuma, um, Benson Court and Madison in the middle, it's going to be phenomenal. So anyway, I think Skip did fine. Um, what being a Sonny person, I love Sonny. I was quite pleased that he didn't play the whole game. I think in the old days when you've got Kane playing every single minute of every single game, pretty much to see Son be substituted despite being captain, I think is really good for Manj. And I think he just a, a great deal of respect for that because, you know, I did think yesterday when it was announced as, as delighted as I was, I thought, oh, so that means Son's going to play every game when sometimes he needs to be subbed in. So bringing Perisic on, yeah, I agree that possibly could have been earlier. I wholeheartedly agree with Kuzevsky, I think. Again, whether we keep making these excuses about sharpness and match fitness and Solomon just looks so good in pre-season that Kuzevsky's got to be careful because I think Solomon's going to come in and that might be tricky for him to get back in. So, yeah, I like the substitutions that he made. I think at a point he was going to bring Davis on, wasn't he? And then Royal was doing really well and he changed his mind. And, you know, so it was nice to see, like I said at the top of the show, you know, a lot of them haven't played 90 minutes and, you know, there's still a lot of match fitness. You know, Brentford are a tough team to play. They don't lose many games at home. So, you know, I think we came back twice. Um, and like I said, we finished maybe the stronger. Um, and having 11 minutes of injury time in the first half as well. And, you know, it, it's it's what they're going to have to get used to. You know, it's a different kettle of fish on Saturday against United. I think, um, you know, there's going to be a, a long six days of training in a week or five days, really, isn't it? Um because it's going to be tough against United. Um, but, you know, like I said, with, you know, green shoots, positive, you know, I, it, it, it's going to take some getting used to, you know, the, the Sky put a caption up about how they'd scored the most from corners last year and 10 of them were headers, well, or 16 were headers, 10 of those were Kane. So these goals are going to have to come from somewhere. Um, and that's Richarlison and, and he's going to have to do that. Um, but equally, I like the fact that we, you know, two defenders scored and, I'm sure Madison's going to score and Basuma's going to, we're going to get goals across the, the field, which is really hopeful because in the past that's not been the case. So that's something to look forward to. Um, I didn't think we were overall by the occasion. Um, yeah, it, you know, be interesting to see um, it, how, what sort of formation in terms of players played for the United game, whether he kind of continues to shuffle things around while we're still getting match fitness and, I don't know, but yeah, really positive. You know, enjoyed it, enjoyed it. Josh, as much as uh, many people probably won't like me talking about Harry Kane now, he's left for Bayern Munich. Do you think the Spurs are going to go out in the next three weeks and sign a replacement for Harry Kane? Or is the plan to have Richarlison up there as our main guy? Um, I know Ange Postacoglu in yesterday's press conference spoke about, you know, the squad is bloated and we need to offload a number of players. Then we will see where we are as a football club. Um, in order to bring in any more if we can. But do you think ultimately Harry Kane will be replaced by a recognised striker? Um, I don't want to sound like Ange Postacoglu here, but 
I don't think there is such thing as a replacement for Harry Kane. Um, well, a, a recognised striker. Bringing in a striker, I think we're bringing in Gift Orban. Uh, from what I understand, talks are progressing with Gift Orban. Um, the, the latest I've heard on that is that the initial fee that we looked like we were prepared to pay, um, recent performances for Orban, notably a hat-trick in the Conference League uh, qualifier, um, has seen Ghent want to up their price a little bit. We're still looking at around £25 million, sell-on clause, maybe a bit of add-ons as well. I think we're going to get that one done. I still think we're going to bring in two, if not three players in before the end of the window. Um, yeah, and what I would what I would say is, you know, Richarlison is still going to be the main man. That That is, I think that's almost certain. We're bringing in, you know, we've got Veliz now. I think we can bring in Orban. And I think that in time, they'll be embedded into the squad. You know, we can't expect, say Orban does come in, we can't expect a 21-year-old who's, experience has been playing in Belgium to automatically just click in the Premier League. Um, you know, and I think it's actually important to make a point on Richarlison because he's been playing with an injury this whole time. He didn't want to play against Barcelona, but he was prepared to play. He's had this ongoing knee issue um, that he's had for months and months, of which in the summer, before the players came back to pre-season, he saw specialists in Brazil. Um and, you know, it's a problem that has just been recurring. He, it, it, no matter what seems to happen, it seems to, the niggle seems to be there. That's not to say he's completely unfit. He's fit enough to play, clearly, otherwise he wouldn't be playing. But um, he's not at 100%. And so for him to have held the ball up the way he did today, a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Some of the touches were really good. And I felt that actually... The main problem with Richarlison was not Richarlison. The problem with Richarlison was the lack of service to Richarlison. Uh, I think goals will come. And I think in this system, the way that we press, I think that's perfect for him as long as he can stay fit and avoid any aggravations to uh, this ongoing niggle that he seems to have, which was made worse by a player going through the back of him in training just a couple of days before Barcelona. He seems to be better now. But still, I think in time, if he can be 100%, a fully fit and firing Sharp Richarlison is a dangerous prospect, you know. So I have full confidence that he will get goals this season, provided he stays fit. Um, but yeah, I, I still expect us to bring in a, another striker. And it, it does, you know, there's always surprise that can be sprung in this window. But for me, um, it does seem likely from everything I'm hearing that Gift Orban is that guy. Ricky, what do you make of Richarlison today? And do you think that he can improve on that one Premier League goal from last season? Because surely now Harry Kane's gone. He's got to step up to the mark, hasn't he? Well, he has to. He absolutely has to. And what gives me encouragement is that at the end of last season, you know, there was that quote, and I'm paraphrasing right now, but he was like, you know, Tottenham spent a lot of money for me. I, I, I want to repay them. And I, I want to repay that faith in them. So that coming from me, Ted, in his heart, I think he knows it. But the the one concern, well, I've got a couple of concerns, but, <clears throat> you know, Joshy was there talking about his injury and he does seem to be injury prone, you know. So my fear is, is that he clicks into gear, starts scoring goals, starts being relied upon as the main man and then gets injured. Do you know what I mean? So I think we're going to have to bring in another striker just in case of that. And also it's like, 
we had this problem last year with Sonny, where Sonny went the whole season carrying an injury and just playing through it because he had to, because he was relied upon. And we, I, I don't want the same to happen with Richarlison. Do you know what I mean? Because it's only going to crumble his confidence or his belief in himself to be able to go forward if he's always playing with an injury or always expected to be out there and then he doesn't get the goals or the touch ain't quite there or, you know, the, 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 his kind of dribbling ability ain't there or just, just those little things, you know what I mean? So, because you've got that, oh, I'm going to get injured or I'm carrying an injury in the back of your head. So I think we're going to have to bring in somebody else definitely just as a sub option or as an option, as an option. We, we know with Harry Kane, how long we only had the one striker up there and how many problems that created for us. So while we've got a new slate, while we're in a new era, bring in somebody else to push him on, to give him competition, but also to be able to rest him when he needs resting or to take him off the field and, and let somebody who's got fresher legs to go on for the last 20 minutes or something like that. Um, Richarlison has a lot of potential. He has a lot of ability. Uh, he, he hasn't set the league alight yet. It doesn't matter what shirt he's been playing with right now. There's been glimpses of him being able to go onto that next level, but he hasn't done that. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, under Ange Postacoglu in this system, with a new era, with a new chapter, that he has reinvigorated energy to go out there and actually destroy the league, actually go and turn into the player that we, we, we all hope he can be. So, again, it's, first the, it, it's the first game um, and a, he didn't have that great of a preseason. Joshy just informed us there about the injury and how he's been carrying that for a while. So, he, he ain't quite up to speed as yet. Same as Sonny, but Fingers crossed that week in, week out, that they can build that momentum and they can build that energy and they can build that resistance in wherever the injuries are and start getting stronger and start showing us what they're about. Um, This is a moment for Richarlison to go out there and express himself, to step outside of the shadow, to instead of moaning on the bench, being like, why am I being played? Well, right now you're being played, bro. So I don't want to hear no moaning. I want you to go out there. We, you know, with the determination that you have for Brazil and go out there for Tottenham and go and smash it. All I want to see is is greatness from everyone in the Spurs shirt. I want to see I want to see you live up to your potential. I want to see you live up to the heights that we all expect all of them to to kind of uh, give on on a match day. And fingers crossed, fingers crossed, it happens for Richarlison because it could be a very potent attack with him up there playing in this system. I think it could work for him, definitely. It could work for Ange Postacoglu as well. So um, we, he hasn't done much to convince us right now, but we can see that it is there. So it's all down for him. No more excuses. Go out there. You've got the shirt. It's up to you to hold the shirt and to keep the shirt and to keep that starting spot. So let's go and get him. Go for it, Richie. Go for it. Becky, let's come to you. Um I know many people will be frustrated that I'm going to ask you this question about Harry Kane, but how have you felt in these last couple of days since Kane has left and seeing him in a Bayern Munich shirt yesterday? And do you think that Spurs will be able to spend this £100 million in the next three weeks? Or do you think that the club will somehow balance the books from the signings that we've already made? Um. I don't know. Every time I think about it, I think, have we spent the hundred million on the players that we've brought in, or are, as Josh was saying, there we've got Gift Orban in, we've possibly got some more players coming in. 
you know, is it Eze, is it, is it Schurz? Are, are there more players that we are bringing in? If, as Poch um, has hand is saying about the bloated squad, are there players that we're going to, um, you know, get rid of? Dyer didn't wasn't in the squad today. Hoiberg was sitting and sulking on the bench. You know, are there players that we are going to, if we do that, then we can make enough back to buy players in. I, I don't think it should be a situation where even before came, we um, didn't have the money. I think this is why possibly on Thursday it came with such a shock. So, you know, I was there on Sunday. I didn't think there was any indication that he was leaving. It was so positive to see the four goals. And then it kind of kind of hit us like a ton of bricks on Thursday. Um, and we were sort of before Thursday thinking, well, you know, we're signing these players. Kane's going to stay. We are finding the funds for it. And now all of a sudden Kane's gone and we've got this money. It begs the question, have we spent that money or are we going to use it? And then clubs know that we've got the money and then did they end up paying too much for players that they've got an interest in? I think it was interesting yesterday when Andrew was saying um, that we do need to um, trim the squad, but there won't be any more signings by before Sunday. And I took that as if to say, oh, does that mean there are some after Sunday? So I'm still hopeful that we will bring some more in. Um, but yeah, I think it becomes tricky. You know, West Ham have noticed that, haven't they? As soon as you kind of sell somebody for stupid money, clubs know what you've got. Um, I hope we don't lose gift or ban on, you know, five million just because, like we always do, seem to sort of, you know, do a low bid and then they, you know, it might be one of them ones that happens towards the end of the window. It'd be nice if it happens tomorrow. Um, but I think it's, you know, the next week or so, I think is, is seeing players move on. Um, and then, yeah, you know, it'd be great to bring people like Eze in. And I just think, you know, Scarlett, you know, came on, scored last week, didn't he? But the cycle always seems to be with Spurs. We're a few injuries away from things being horrendous. So, if we, like you said, Vicky said, you know, Richarlison gets injured. What happens then? You know, um, Sanchez, he could have got injured today. We'd already lost Romero. You know, I know we've got Dyer, but, you know, what happens? So, we do still need that kind of quality, strength and depth. Um, yeah, I think... I, don't, I honestly don't know. I just think it's tricky because we want to be hopeful. We want to hope that the board have said, yeah, we're still going to do this sort of um, change of, of philosophy and we're going to do the revamp and bring these players in. But then they go often fall back to form where, nope, we've got this amount of money, we've spent this amount of money this, and that's it. And then it's like, you've increased ticket prices for people who aren't season ticket holders. You know, what are you going to do with the Carrie Kane money? And that's where the anger comes from, I think. Um, if they're continuing to look like they are purchasing players and that kind of positivity and backing and and all of that, that's great. Um, it, it, it's, it's all right when we're not losing as well, I think, while things still continue to be positive. Like I said, going back to Richarlison, we all want him to do well. We want him to kick on. You know, I always think Marseille was so brilliant that we saw and we saw in the World Cup what he can do. But it's like when Maura used to come on last year and, you know, and sub appearances and Dan Juma. They have to grasp that opportunity and Richarlison has got to grasp those opportunities. Otherwise, people will start turning on him and saying, you're not doing it, you're not Kane, you're not yada, yada, yada. You know, and he's got to take those opportunities. It, it's, the positivity's there until things start to change, don't they? So at the moment, we're hopeful. And But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that. I like the unity within the squad. I think that's great. I think the captain and the vice-captain announcement yesterday showed that. I think I like that interview that um, Ange did with all of the team. That was brilliant. Seeing that sort of footage was brilliant. Um, yeah. but Ange seems to speak to us through his press conferences, which is great. You know, I said to my parents today, they came up for Jack Smith and like, oh, how are you feeling? I was like, oh, Thursday was horrific. 
Friday, I'd kind of made my peace with it. Saturday, I was okay. Then he was like, no one died. And I was like, yes, but Ange used the word grieving. And it really felt like we were kind of going through a grieving process. So he gets us. He says the right things. And that's brilliant. But at the end of the day, it's a results business. So that's all brilliant. While we, you know, we got to build the results behind us. I think he might get a free pass next week if we get thrashed. We'll kick on. We've got Bournemouth, haven't we, after that? You know, but like I said, it's, I want to keep staying hopeful. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why would we be getting fresh, Becky? Do you think we're uh, too attacking? Do you think uh, Do you think it's like the days of Aussie Ardelia's at the back? Yeah, I think there'll, there'll be times where, you know, Ericsson's going to ping a few over the top, isn't he? Sanchez will fall over and it, they'll just be in. And, and you know, I, I would love us to score first next Saturday because I think that would really calm a lot of people. And we showed last year... You know, we came back from 2-0, didn't we, um, in the second half? Yeah, I just think... I just dread this thing that we hear, like, you know, Sanchez gets a knock in midweek and we've got Dyer playing. Or I just... It, it's tricky. I, I just... I'd like to see the players that play today be there next week. And obviously, if that's Romero as well, excellent. But, it, yeah, it's weeks and a long time in football, as we learnt last week. Yeah. Well, we've only kept one clean sheet in our last 14 competitive games. And, of course, no clean sheets during pre-season either. Josh, let's come to you. Um, the starting eleven today, Vicario in goal, obviously making his debut. Uh, Royale, Romero, Van der Ven, Udogi, uh, Basuma, Madison, Skip, Kulisevsky, Richarlison and Son. Subs today, Austin, Poro, Davis, Sanchez, Hoybier, Saar, Lacelso, Perisic, Solomon. Before I ask you your thoughts on the starting eleven and the subs today, of course, no on Dombele and notably no Eric Dyer. Now, an incident yesterday, Eric Dyer unfollowed Tottenham on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, when it came out all in the press, uh, including on TalkSport, Eric Dyer then refollowed Tottenham, which I thought was a bit strange. What do you think is going on with the Eric Dyer situation? Do you think that he will be leaving the club this summer in the next three weeks? Look, I think there's a couple of things. I think there's three potential things going on here. One being, uh, and I'll try and be concise, one being... Um, Ange Postacoglu is a pretty cutthroat guy. One of the things I love about Aussies in general is the fact that they are incredibly direct people, in my experience. Uh, they can say it how it is, um, and we've seen that so far with Ange. We all know, I think it's fair to say, I, I don't think that there's even a debate on this. I think we can all probably agree that Eric Dyer has shown, certainly in the last few years, that he's perhaps not good enough uh, of the level that we want to see out of our Tottenham team. If we want to be at the top end of that, the, the league table, I don't think he would get into any of the teams around us. I don't think he starts even for the likes of Brentford or Brighton. Um, 
So there's probably that involved. And I think it's fair to say he's also not been a prominent part of pre-season either. Secondly, uh, there's an argument about the captaincy, perhaps. You know, he's one of the most experienced players at the club. Um, you know, I think he would have been one of the players hoping to be considered for the captaincy. I don't think that he was right to be the captain because I think most fans, ask most fans if you to do a poll, most, I don't think, um, believe that he's good enough. So therefore, you have to be going with someone who's going to be a guaranteed starter. That's why I think Son... Uh, made a lot of sense. And I think actually Madison and, and Romero as as vice captains makes a lot of sense as well. Um, and then the third thing, um, from, from what I understand, speaking to a couple of people who are a lot closer to um, the players and a lot closer to the kind of things that are going on at the club than, than I am, um, I understand that there was a lot of anger amongst the squad uh, at Harry Kane leaving the club. There was a lot of um, players that weren't happy with that, I don't think if, if if any of us were in the dressing room, would we be happy about um, the best striker in the world leaving? I don't think so. Um, but maybe, you know, add to, you know, we could add all of those things together. Of course, it's all speculation. I'm not convinced he has a future at Tottenham Hotspur. And I think that, um, you know, if Ange Postacoglu feels like he can get a fee, and I'm sure there are plenty of teams that would take an Eric Dyer. Um, then that's a player that you've got to you've got to get out the door because he's not good enough for me. And if that means that you know if it takes that to get a centre back in, I think uh, Davinson Sanchez coming on today and the performance against Barcelona, I think given some of the offers that came in for him, uh, Spartak, I would never have wanted Sanchez to go to Spartak for his own good. Uh, I don't think it would have been good for his career. I don't think that's a good place for for many players to go. Uh, in terms of the way that that certain players get treated by supporters there. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, even Turkey, I think, is probably not the level that I think Sanchez probably deserves. It's clear to me Sanchez has a future at Tottenham. It's very clear. Um, so one defender has to go. Uh, Tangang, was Tanganga, did you say? He was in the squad. I couldn't remember if he was or wasn't. No, he wasn't. So, so maybe that's another one. That, that goes um, and I suppose in that instance and this is wishful thinking I know um, because it's going to take one hell of a fee to get a player like Eze into the club but I've mentioned before I would absolutely adore to have Eze at the club I think he's incredible if you sell two homegrown players you're going to need to bring one in so um, yeah I, I think you know it's all speculation but those are just as I see it the things that that could be at play here. Very quickly, Josh, uh, Tongi on Dombele. Gone. No, no future at the club. I think that it was, of course, when you've got God-given talent like he has, you'd be foolish to not give him an opportunity. If he had a future at the club, he'd be playing in pre-season. He'd be involved. He hasn't been. So therefore, he's gone. It's just a case now of whether we loan him again or whether he gets... Um, deal. I think there's been talk of about 10 million deal to go to. I want. I want to say is it is it Fenerbahce or Galatasaray? Both. One of those he two. Doesn't, yeah. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. Of course, but you know, look. I think. I think. I said this on on the um, when we were reacting to Harry Kane. I think we've got to get tough now. We need to start acting like a big club. And I think that if certain players are refusing to to leave the club, 
and we need them gone, we should be looking at tearing up some contracts. I really think so. Um, and take the hit because it's going to be more damaging not being able to bring in an adequate replacement or uh, have the right balance in the squad long term than, than just getting them out quickly. So for me, you know, it looks like Larice is off as well to Lazio. Um, yeah, I think Ndombele doesn't have a future at the club. I just hope that for his for the good of the club uh, and the good of himself, he accepts a move uh, to another team um, rather than Spurs having to make things get a bit you know, ugly perhaps. But I think if he refuses, then we have to rip up his contract. It's no use having a player like that in the squad. Ricky, um, your thoughts on the starting eleven today and, uh, and of course, the bench because uh, an injury or a suspension to Richarlison, what do we do then? One minute. I was on mute. Um, well, I think if there's an injury or a suspension to Richarlison, then I think you stick Sonny up front at this particular time and then you either stick Perisic or Solomon on the on the wing and, and go with that if, if we ain't bringing nobody in right now. But that's one of the reasons why we need to bring somebody in. Um, on the start 11 today, I it, I know it's probably a bit too Aussie RD list, but I would have loved to have seen the Celso and Madison um, in the midfield today, you know, instead of Skippy there. I thought Skippy done well. I thought his energy was good. I thought he covered well. I think we're going to see something new from Skippy that we ain't been able to see um, under Ange. And fingers crossed, because he is an academy product. product. So fingers crossed we, we, we start to see the Skippy that... We, uh, some of us glimpsed at Norwich, basically. Uh, but I would have loved to have seen Lacelso in there. And you know what? Also, just I just wanted to jump on uh, Eric Dyer for a minute. So, Eric Dyer, look, we, we've all critiqued him. We, we, we all know that he hasn't been his best for a couple of seasons. And I think the consensus along the Spurs fan base is that maybe your time's done. Um but I, I like Eric as a man. I like Eric as a, a as a person. I thought I felt that he's always tried to do his best. I thought that he's always tried to kind of um, get rid of that stigma, that Spursy stigma that we've had. I, I remember that. I've said it many times before. I remember that first interview that he had with which he was just like, I hate the term Spursy and I want to get rid of it. And he and we did see some good performances uh, from Eric under Poch, especially. Um, but I think the biggest thing, that, that, there's a couple of things. So I think the day before the captaincy was announced, there was that picture that he put up on Instagram with him with the captain's armband on where he was playing against Barcelona. And I don't know how much stick he got, but I know he probably got a lot of stick there just for putting that up. And, I, and I'm sure it gave a lot of us a few nightmares and a few shudders along the way seeing the captain's armband on, on Eric Dyer. But... Um, the the hate that he gets. I just wanted to speak about the hate that he gets. Look, we can critique him all day long, and you know, I'm I'm fed up of seeing the back of Eric Dyer's head when a goal when we can see the goal. I'm 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 fed up of seeing that myself. Do you know what I mean? But to the, the amount of hate and stick that he's got, I I just think we need to remind ourselves of the Delhi Ali situation, in the sense of. There's a lot more things happening in real world. You know what I mean? There's, there could be a lot more things happening, whether it be injury, whether it be family, whether it be misses, whether it be children. Whether it, there's a, a lot of things that are going on mentally. And I think to attack the person is a bit much. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I saw on his um, Instagram, uh, I think it was his Twitter, actually. He put up, I think he was advertising some clothes or something. 
and the comments underneath, and this was the first time that I've checked, but the comments underneath was like, leave our club. We hate you. Get out. Stop wearing the shirt. You're just a money. You're, 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 you're just uh, getting paid for doing nothing. The, the amount of hate that he got. And I just don't think we need to give that hate. You know, I, I wanted the best for, for David Bentley. And David Bentley was so out of sorts for so long. But I wanted the best for him as well. I want the best for all of our Tottenham team. And if that means your time's up, then your time's up. And I, I, I totally get that. But at the same time, we don't need to attack the man and we don't need to attack him on a kind of personal level. Critique him all you want. Say, you know, say that you, you believe that somebody else is better than him and that he should move on. But the way, the hate that he was getting, I just think it was a bit much. And I do think his nose was put out of joint by not getting nowhere near that captaincy group. I think it's a massive statement from Ange that not only him, but Davies, and Hoiberg, Hoiberg, you know, out of the three of them, they're both they're three senior players. And out of the three, three of them, I think the majority of us would, if it had to be one of them that got one of those captaincy roles, then I think Hoiberg would probably be one of those people. But it shows us that, we're, that there's a change here. We ain't just doing it through seniority. You know, it's all about what Ange sees and it's all about what you can bring to the Ange system. And like just said there, he's ruthless in that sense. He's very straightforward. And, you know, he's, I think he's seen enough of these players to know that they're, he doesn't want them to be part of this new chapter. So wish him well, you know, because they've done, they done the best that they could do while they was here. And good luck to them in the future. But I just don't think we need to be hating on them personally. It, it feels very positive, though, Ricky, what Ange Postacoglu is doing. And I just wanted to ask you, are you surprised on how quick it's all happening? Because the first Premier League game, obviously, today, uh, no Larice, obviously, club cap, former club captain, uh, no Dyer involved. Harry Kane, of course, is gone. People like Pierre Mihoybier are now on the bench. Um, are you surprised by the, by the speed of this rebuild? Um. Yes, being Tottenham, but at the same time, it needed to be done. And I think Ange Postacoglu, you know, for all of the doubts that I had before he turned up to the club, I think he's the perfect, perfect man for this scenario. I, 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 you know, yes, I was upset and hurt that Pochettino, um, I can't say his name no more, the Chelsea manager didn't take over. I was upset about that. But I can imagine him coming into this, to this squad and, and this circus and all of these upheavals and him being really frustrated, being pushed all the way back to when he got sacked. And I don't know whether how he would have handled it, but someone like Ange, who's dealt with this time and time again. In fact, I think he almost prefers it to, to get rid of those that you, you know, you used to rely on and to build from scratch. And I think the players have embraced it. I think you're seeing that. You're seeing smiles in their faces. You're seeing that uh, in, in the positive play. They're not frightened to pass that ball forward. They, we, we all know what the counter-attack can bring, but at the same time, they're not frightened. They're, 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 they've been brave. They've been forward-footed uh, forward, forward and playing forward, left, right and centre. And I think they're all enjoying it. And I do think, and I know a, a lot of fans will probably get me for it, but I do think it's got a lot to do with Ryan Mason as well, taking over at the end of that. Because if you remember what he was saying in those press conferences, and even that interview that Romero done over pre-season where he kind of let us into a few of the insights about how the squad was uh, totally separate to the manager, Conte, at the time and how the energy had just changed. And we saw that. We saw that in performances on the field. But um, I think where Mason's 
where Mason took over last year, I think he galvanised. He brought the squad together and he started to bring some smiles back. And yes, we didn't win all of the games that he was in charge of, but you started to see triangles and you started to see some football being played and you started to see them a little bit happier. And I think somebody like Andrew's come in and just taken it on to a whole new level and, and kind of just invigorated and given new energy to all of these players. Um, I, I think he's just perfect. I think he's the perfect man. I think he's the perfect fit right now for Tottenham, for where we are and for where we're going. You know, Tottenham has been a banter side for a long time. Ange Postacoglu has been a bantered manager for a long time. We're now back to being underdogs. We're now back to being kind of, you know, kind of misunderstood and, and kind of, uh, you, you're going to be rubbish, especially without Harry Kane. Oh, you're going to be in the bottom half. I think all of that, Ange is perfect manager to just kind of ball it all up and go, go show them. Go show them what we're about. And I think they're loving it. I think there's so much more to come. This is just the beginning. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I think there's so much more to come. Once those players start believing, once those players start knowing automatically, telepathically, where they should be running and what they should be doing, this first side is going to be dangerous. Becky, there were a lot of doubters, it's fair to say, when Ange Postacoglu was appointed um, Tottenham manager. And also there were a lot of doubters when he was appointed Celtic manager only a couple of years ago. But from the very, very first minute today in the GTEC Stadium, um, the Spurs away in were singing his name all day long, all afternoon singing his name. They are fully behind him. Um, he, he's, he's really got the support of all the fan base immediately, isn't he? Yeah, and I was one of those people who, who was quite looking forward to him coming. I, I had had my fill of so-called win-now managers. I'd had enough of their cryptic co- conferences and the way they seem to kind of, you know, say one thing and do another and always blaming, never took responsibility for anything. And I and Mourinho, I know I've always given Mourinho a bit more, bit more leeway because we had lockdown and there was a bit more going on there. But Conte, I just... I've said this on pods before. I know there was a lot going on in in his own personal life, and I understand that. But for me, it was just I didn't look forward to hearing a word that he said, and that was sometimes after we won matches. Um, I like, and I think I agree with Ricky the fact that you know he's Australian. He doesn't take any rubbish. He just says it how it is. You know, we saw that when that guy turned up at the press conference with the Bayern Munich top, and you know, Ange probably knew he was leaving even then, but he kind of was like, yeah, brilliant, great, you know, and I like that kind of approach that he has. Um, and like, like I said before, he kind of speaks to us as well through his conferences, which I think is really great. Um, I'm, I, you know, I think, like I said, I do think it's a results business, and I hope that Levy sticks with him when things maybe don't go as well as we'd hope. Um, but if we can see the kind of, the, the, the plan and the progression, that will be something that we can get on board with. You know, we were all so bored to tears last year, even when we had matches that we won or we kind of scraped through or got last minute winners in before the World Cup. You know, we were all sort of saying, this can't carry on. This isn't going to happen. It's, it, we're going to get found out. And it was just, even though, like I said before, we came back twice today. You know, I love the fact that I said to my husband, we were kind of but Biss was dropping his shoulder and Madison and they were kind of running three players. And it was just brilliant to see that we've missed that for such a long time, that kind of play where, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take players on and it's not going to work every time. And Anne just said that he has said, there's going to be a bumps in the road, um, but we can kind of see it. I think even you look at the Romero situation, he was like, you are coming off. You could see it. you are coming off. And he's repeated it. And, and Romero's like, no, 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 you are coming off. And I thought, and he's just made him vice captain yesterday. 
and yeah. he is showing that this is what is going to, going to be my way but not in a kind of moody sulky Conte way you know this is we're doing it for this reason um and the players will get on board of that and I, you know I, I think you know Josh was saying that everyone would be disappointed that Kane's left I think we were all like I said I use that word shock because it was just so late but Ange has sort of said actually I knew about it we were kind of planning for it la 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 and and it's not it's calmed calmed us all. I think I read a lot on Friday about people saying how dare they leave Ange with one day before the season starts and him dropping in and all that. And he's like, no, it's fine. We've sorted it. This is what we're going. He's very calming and he's very. Um, he seems really approachable. You know the whole kind of when he says mate at the end of everything. He just he's just somebody you can really kind of you know like you said. I know we don't mention the Chelsea manager even though I did before. Is that he was almost like then we could kind of see. We really liked him. He was like our mate as well, and it was, you know, it's our club, and he says a lot of the right things. Um, you know, it's the fans. We've got to listen to fans, and the fans will tell us, and yada yada yada. And I just think he's just such a breath of fresh air. People put that in the comments. You know, he really is. Um, and yeah, I think he 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 likes being the underdog. He likes everyone's written us off um, because we have got some really really quality players. You know, it, it seems like you know Dyer had really. He had a kind of a blip last year where he sort of played really well, got picked for England, and then it kind of went again. And, you know, like you said, I think he wants to do the right thing, Dyer, but it's too late now and he's been here too long. And like you, I agree with everything you said about that players' committee last year is not really there now and it, it's time for a new. And, and Dyer was very close to Kane as well and Doherty's gone. And it's this sort of idea that this is the new way. You know, Son's not going to be here forever either. It's the new way and this, this is what we are planning for. And if you're not on board, then you need to move on. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. But not in a nasty kind of you know, really bitter sort of way. He's doing it in the right way. And that's what people are getting on board of. Well, of course, Christian Romero put us 1-0 up. Um, it went to VAR. It was eventually given. But a wonderful cross in the box from James Madison. Um, Christian Romero has just written the uh, following on Instagram. We tried to win uh, until the end, um, but we couldn't. We're still working to improve altogether, always. I'm fine just one blow. So hopefully he will make that Manchester United game next weekend. Um, Josh, I've got to mention, James Madison's crossing ability is absolutely unreal. Um, we have finally got the Christian Eriksen replacement. Um, of course, it is sad to see Harry Kane go when you bring in a Christian Eriksen replacement, but you know, hopefully we will sign a, a recognised striker in this transfer window in the next three weeks. But Madison, I'll tell you what, every single fan in that away end today, whenever we had a corner, whenever we had a free kick, everyone was like, oh, free kick, oh, corner. It, you know, the excitement level was was, was back. Um, it's great to see James Madison in a Spurs shirt, isn't it, wearing at number 10? Absolutely. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, I think he, he was a breath of fresh air, to be honest, because it was not just his crossing ability, which was good, um, very good from the set pieces, as we know. I think, of course, um, you know, every player in that team can improve. Madison in, in particular as well, um, you know, was one of the few players that already looked up to speed. Um, the way he was gliding past players, it wasn't just that delivery, as I say. It was, you know, he was beating men as well. He would have two players crowding around him. He would win a free kick or he would get around them. So there's a lot of positives. He's going to dominate for us. He's going to be so important to everything that we do this season. And I think one of the areas I said, you know, at the start of this, that we lacked was creativity. But when we did have creativity, probably nine times out of 10, it was coming from Madison. 
Um, it was Basuma carrying the ball, the ball going to Madison, Madison creating a pass or an option or a bit of space here and there. I would have liked to see Madison maybe shoot a little bit more. Um, there was just that's my only little criticism of him was that you know there are a few times on the edge of the box where I'm like, you're good enough to hit this first time or you're good enough to have a pop shot from here. Why not? Um, and I think that was maybe something that was more reflective of the whole team today. Um, we perhaps could have shot on site a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I think it was a very solid debut. I think that all that's missing now, and, and I don't know if there was, you'll be able to correct me if there there was, Chris, and, and maybe give us a rendition if there was. Um, but all, all that I'm waiting for is a, a top-quality uh, Madison chant now. Song, yeah. Um, yeah. Not today. <laughs> was there one today? No. No, there was uh, Mickey van der Ven. As I said, the, the Postacoglu song constantly all afternoon, which, you know, fantastic support of our uh, of our head coach today. Unbelievable. And uh, it's just so nice to see every fan who went in that stadium today really get behind the new manager and, of course, this new era. Um, but, no, I'm sure the Madison songs will uh, will come in the next uh, you couple could, of, In the days. second half, you could hear the Basuma song as well. That yeah. came across quite that a lot really as well. Good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was great. It was it was a really, really positive um, feeling in that away end, which was really nice because I've not felt like that for, for a long time. All, all, although the away support is always fantastic, um, it's just like the confidence and the positivity in that away end today, which was really great for me. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, Vicario made a, a save in the 16th minute. Um, what did you make of Vicario's performance today? Because, of course, there there are a lot of Spurs fans, including the ones in the stadium today. Uh, David Rea's name come up a number of times. Um, I know we've spoken about it at length before, but um, is it the case of just give him time? He's going to improve? Or what do you make of him? Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that's all we can do is give him trust and give him time and encourage him when he does wrong right now instead of just getting on his back. He, he, he needs the crowd behind him because, again, like you, Chris, over in preseason, how many training sessions did you watch and how many defensive displays did you see them training on in that training session? Do you know, I, I think you told me zero. I think it was all attacking training. Do you know what I mean? So, Vicario hasn't been able to work with his top two centre-backs. Um He's a new keeper, new league. He's, he's got to work out so many different things. He's, he, the, the way in which he plays, the way in which he comes out of his box, the way in which he uses his feet, all of those things are going to come the more he gets uh, comfortable. But uh, th- this is what we've got right now. I mean, if, if Tottenham could have got Raya on the same deal that the Gooners have got him on right now, which is a loan and then potentially buy, I would have loved that. That would have made me feel a lot more secure because then at least you've got somebody who's premiership proven and you basically know what you're getting with Raya. But with Vicario, we don't know what we're getting. But we do know that Ange really likes him. We do know from that call that he gave him that he said, look, you've come from nowhere just like me and we're going to go to the top together. So, you know, there is a, there is a lot that the, the boss kind of sees in him and believes in him. But it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute before we see the best of him. Yes, I have my concerns. You know, my, my concerns from the start was that he continues to parry into the danger zone. I didn't, uh, you know, this before I even saw him play, um, him on crosses was a bit kind of shaky. 
And you can't get a triple save out of Vicario every week. Do you know what I mean? Like, so he's got to find his way. Um, I've seen some of those concerns that I had, I've seen kind of play out. Uh, but again, this is just the beginning. He's only had a couple of games preseason, and today was his first game. So we're going to have to put some belief behind him. We're going to have to allow him a little bit um, to make those mistakes. And us as a fan base, we're going to have to roar him on. We're going to have to sing him up. We're going to have to encourage him. We're going to have to give him the confidence to go out there and be the keeper that he wants to be. Um, you, what I did like about him today is there was a couple of great saves that he made, and he did make a catch today. But I think he, I think he screamed at, I think it was Romero or Sanchez. He passed it out to the right hand side at one point, and basically, either Romero or Sanchez just let it go off for a throw in, and he just started shouting him and being like, "What are you doing? Like, pick up the ball, go to the ball, pick it up, take it forward," and. I like that about him because he's starting to find his voice as well and starting to put down his kind of um, authority within the sticks. And we need that to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, but where is his new side, I think that he's going to have a moment to grow. And I just hope the best. I hope that we see the best uh, um, version of Vicario sooner rather than later. But I know... And I think we all know it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get used to it. It's going to be a little bit of time before he get he, he finds his feet. Do you know what I mean? So that's all we can do as supporters is, you know, we're speaking about a Madder song. Well, we're probably going to need a Vicario song just to help him out, just to give him a bit of encouragement and just to let his chest puff up a little bit and, and be able to go out there and be the, be the man. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. We, we see what, what the scouts saw and we see what this data-driven scouting system, recruitment system is about. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we've got a gem there that by the end of the season, everybody's singing and raving about. Do you know, I know I mentioned it at the start, but I really love the way that Ange Postacoglu really encouraged the players, particularly players like Vicario, over to the away end, where the away end, you know, all the supporters were, were applauding the fans because it, it just gives that confidence, it gives that feeling and it gives that togetherness and, uh, you know, that... that that connection with the fans again, which I, I love that. It was so Pochettino-like, um, you know, back in the day. Um, Becky, let's come to you. Let's talk about the penalty incident in the 23rd minute. Of course, Brentford player went down in the penalty box. A couple of minutes later, the referee went to VAR uh, and then gave uh, the penalty. Of course, it was converted. Um, talk us through that decision. Was, was it the right decision? Well, let's go back a bit first. Son should never have been anywhere near it. So the fact that he was even in that position is part of the problem. Um, yeah, and as soon as I saw him kind of tracking back, I thought, oh, crikey, here we go. And then, yeah, it, it reminds, you know, it, it's one of those situations where I'm not saying he dived, but you wait for the contact. If you've moved fast enough and there is that kind of any sort of touch and it, they're going to go down, they're not going to fight for that. So I wasn't surprised. That I, Ricky said it before, does my head in there about VAR. Just like they should just do in, in, yeah, you've made the wrong decision. Yeah, give the penalty. Why do we have to do the whole, let's have a watch on VR, then go over and look at the screen when you're going to give it anyway. You know, it just, you know, and that's not why we had 11 minutes of injury time, but that's part of the problem with VAR. If you're going to say the referee didn't see it or he made the wrong decision, just say it in his ear or put it out on the loudspeaker. We need that decision to be reversed and it's a penalty. The whole kind of going over to the box thing really gets on my nerves. Um, that's my husband going back to watch the Liverpool game. You can see that running he, behind me. I was back. I was about to say he's wearing red, Becky. You got to sort <laughs> yeah. that out. But if, if he's Liverpool, I'll allow him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I got two Liverpool and two Spurs in my house. That's the way it rolls. 
Um, yeah, so, so that was side of it. I wasn't surprised to see that the penalty was given. I think as soon as they say, go to the screen, um, yeah, you know, it, it is very soft. I agree with what you said earlier on. He seems to be booking all the, the Spurs players. Um, I was surprised Basuma didn't get booked. I think he got to the point where he'd stopped booking us and was like, ah, OK, we're going to get sending off soon. He stopped. Um, Sky said over commentary that this is one of the refs who gives the most penalties. He's done it again. So, yeah, it's just, you know, I want Sonny to do well. I don't think he had his best game today. You know, it's a bit like um, Kulisewski. We've got to stop making excuses that he's still injured and he's got to kick on. And But... It's not the greatest thing to do. You know, we had a delayed kickoff because there was no water in the ground. I don't know if that came across to the, the way end, but that I literally sat down to watch it, getting all excited with my nephew and went, oh, there's water. And being a deputy head, I've had that problem at school where you have to make the decision. We've got no water. We've got to send the kids home. So I was like, oh, crikey. So Son's then, you know, doing the coin toss, loses the toss because we end up going the wrong way around, don't we? We attack the away end in the first half and then, there's that. So there's all, it's all, you know, Son's had a bit of a kind of baptism of fire as a captain um, and he gives away the penalty. It's not ideal. But like I said before, I was, I was pleased that Anne still subbed him. You know, it was not your captain. You're going to play every minute of every game. Your captain, brilliant. But equally, when we need to make changes, we will make changes. And I think that's a really brave thing to do. And I think that's where the respect comes from. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it, it'd be great. You know, my Jack's a goalie. He would love the Vicari to set to have saved it. It, you know, I think it, it's one of them, isn't it? It's fifty-fifty. But yeah, I wasn't surprised to see it given. It was, it wasn't particularly a foul. It was just the contacts there, and it's so slight that they go down. Josh, let's come to you. Um, from the kickoff in the twenty-eighth minute, Basuma shot from the halfway line, and uh, the Brentford fans did actually have a a bit of a laugh at that, saying, uh, "What the FNL was that? Uh, what did you make of that um, that shot from him?" Not a fan at all. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say. You know, look, I've I've been there. I've been there when I've done that before, playing myself. Um, and I've had worse than that from my own teammates when I've tried that. So <laughs> I can understand why maybe he's trying that. But do it when you're 3-0 up. Don't do it. You know, or if say, you know, say you're 5-0 up and you've conceded a goal, maybe you can do it then. Or maybe do it from this kickoff in the second half. Let's not be doing it when we've just conceded a goal. Uh, I'm not happy with that, to be honest. Um yeah, and do you know what? I, I was just going to say on, on, on those dolls and this, this kind of Sonny thing, you know, I think that's partly where some of my disappointment comes today. Is I it, Yes, there were lots of positives, but this was a very sloppy Brentford side who didn't have their talisman in Ivan Tony, who didn't have their strongest defender in Ben Mee, who didn't have the rocking atmosphere from, at least from watching on the TV, it didn't seem to be as rocking until they got that equaliser from that penalty, which yeah. shouldn't have happened. It was all Spurs. That's all you could hear. It was silent. And, um, you know, Tottenham again concede momentum goals, sloppy momentum goals, where you concede one goal, the atmosphere is up, the whole vibe changes, the whole nature of the game, the home fans get loud, all of that the pressure goes up and we concede again. And it's just one of those for me that, you know, where, where I'm at is we could easily have won that game. And I saw enough from us that we should have won that game. And yet the two goals we concede, the penalty, very harsh decision. Um, and I think more than anything, it was momentum more than anything that, that caused that penalty. Um, but the second goal in particular, yes, the referee should have given a free kick, in my opinion. But then Emerson Royale is absolutely skinned, tries his best to recover, can't quite. 
takes a horrible deflection off of Van de Ven to beat Vicario, but the marking was poor in the first instance. You know, it's preventable stuff and it's stuff that we've got to improve on and we will improve on 100%. But, you know, as I said to you before um, on a previous stream, I said, we've got to be beating the teams in and around us and below us, home and away. That should be the aim this season and anything less than that should be seen as acceptable. So for me, um, it's a bit of a kind of bittersweet because I'm very pleased with what I saw and I know it's going to get better and I'm very excited by what I saw. But at the same time, it was kind of, it was never going to, we were never going to deviate from Tottenham or Spurs as we know it or have come to know it um, all in one game. And I think that maybe it's a reality check of, you know, hang on, there's still a lot of work to be done uh, and there's still a lot of areas to improve on. We, we were never going to see the perfect Spurs performance straight away, especially with the pre-season we've had. So, uh, yeah, there had to be the, a couple of typical Tottenham moments. Um, Van de Ven as well, having a bit of a sort of donkey moment, but recovered quite well from it in the second half. Um, a few hard mouth moments, but that's Tottenham for you. So, yeah, I think overall it was positive. But again, there's a part of me that's a little bit annoyed at the way that those goals for Brentford went in. Because let's face it, other than a couple of long balls where Vicario came out and perhaps made the chance... Brentford got more of a chance out of that decision-making than them creating it themselves. Brentford had nothing. They were poor. So, um, yeah, I just I feel like we should have got the three. Ricky, let's come to you. In the 31st minute, Brentford had a chance uh, with Wisser. Um, he was through on goal. Davinson Sanchez made a, a fantastic tackle. Uh, of course, he replaced Christian Romero. Um if I'd have said to you um, at the um, end of last season that Harry Kane won't be a Tottenham player uh, at the start of the season, but Davinson Sanchez will, and he will play the majority of the uh, of the game on the opening day of the season, you probably wouldn't have believed me, would you? No, not at all, bro. Not at all. Um, it just shows you how football goes, man. It shows you how so many things change with a different manager and a different approach and, and a new belief and a new chapter, you know? Um on, on Sanchez, again, it was a bit of a mixed bag. I thought some of his interplay, some of his short passing and, and getting up the field, I thought was good. I thought he, some of the slide challenges and the blocks, again, good. But that second second goal that we conceded, I felt that he should have been watching the runner instead of trying to cover the goal. I think he left... I, I, who scored? Was it Whistler again? Was that the guy that scored the second goal? I can't remember, but but basically, I think that Sanchez should have been looking at him rather Wish than it. leaving that. Yeah, rather than leaving that gap open in in the box. So they, 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 you know, he, Sanchez has done is, is done well. He done well against Barca, and I think he there's there's parts of his game that done well today. But there is still that 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 same old Sanchez in there a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would not have believed that he, he he'd be playing majority of the first game come the start of the season. No, not at all. Um, I thought we was basically going to get rid of the defence and start again. Um, but we know, we know as Tottenham fans that Sanchez has a lot of attributes that would do actually okay in a, in an Ange Postacoglu side and system. Um, I think he's, he's higher in the pecking order than Dyer and Davies. Um, in that centre-back role. But I think it showed us why we need another defender as well to come in, um, another top-quality defender. So if and when 
one of those first centre-backs, Romero or Mickey van der Ven, have to come off for whatever reason. Then you've got somebody of top quality and another person who's new, fresh, hungry, ready to go out there and prove himself, not only to himself, but to his teammates and to all of the fans. And I think that's where we... I think that's why we definitely need another another defender in there uh, to give us those options. Um, I just wanted to jump on Sonny for a minute and ask you a question, Chris. How many minutes did he get during preseason? Because uh, I've got a feeling it was forty-five. He, he played a, a lot. He played about seventy-five minutes against Shakhtar, and then okay. he had yep. a couple of couple of first halves, didn't he? Because because. Ange played a half, didn't he, of each, which is why I was saying before that Son and Richarlison never ended up being in the same team. It was always Kane and Son and then Richarlison and maybe Solomon. And then, but in Shakhtar, Son played about about 75 minutes, I think. Yeah, I think, so, I, think, so, I think it was 45 minutes in Australia and then 75 against uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, yeah. So, again, Sonny, still far behind where he needs to be, sharpness-wise and fitness-wise, just come off of an operation, held onto an injury for the whole of last season, which definitely hampered him. Um, but uh, So, he's still finding his feet and still getting up there. Um, I do think with the armband um, on his arm uh, and the captaincy and the responsibility that we will see Son shine and soar very yeah. soon. Um, I, I, I think... He is definitely a guy that, again, I said this in, in, in my tweet when it was announced that, you know, signed a new deal when Harry Kane was in limbo, when he was potentially going to Man City, signed a new deal at that point, said, no, nah, you know what, I'll take the responsibility. I'll take, I'll take the, the, the weight on my shoulders of, of scoring goals. And we went out there and beat Man City 1-0 on that opening game. And then, you know, this year, the Saudi bids and rumours have come in and straight away he was the one to shut them down and say, nah, I've got plenty more things I need to achieve and that I, I want to achieve, not only in the Premier League, but with Tottenham Hotspur. So um, I do think with the armband and, and the responsibility and that captaincy of the side that we will see a bigger and better Sonny and a Sonny back to his best, if not better than his best. Fingers crossed, I'm putting it out there. Um, because I do believe in Sonny. I do think he's a phenomenal player. I think he his work rate, um, his attitude towards training and playing. You know, uh, I, I remember a, a rumour. I don't know whether it was a rumour. It might be a rumour, but it might have been reported as well. But um, I remember he's, I think it was his dad that said, like, no girlfriends, no relationships. You can have that once you finish football, which just shows you how dedicated he is to football and shows you how dedicated he is to the game and to Tottenham Hotspur and, and to achieving big things. Um, I'll implore everybody to watch the Sensational uh, documentary that's on Amazon. Fantastic. If you don't know about Sonny and you want to know a bit more about him, oh, my gosh, fantastic documentary see the insights and the extra work that he puts in to make sure that he's good. So, yes, it wasn't the a vintage performance from Sonny, but I do see better days ahead, especially with him being a captain. He's also, also better at home games as well. He's always better yeah. at home games. So. I was going to say that documentary, there's, there's also a Korean version where there's about 10 hours worth of it. So that, that's worth mm. watching time. Yeah. Um, Becky, let's come to you. Um, a couple of instances... Uh, with Vicario uh, clearing out from uh, his box and also um, outside the box as well. In the 35th minute, there was a good move from Emerson to Hunmin Son. In my opinion, he, need, he needed to have uh, got the shot in quicker. Uh, but then, of course, Brentford went 2-1 up, ball down the left, cross, Wisser with the finish. Um, 
is it a worry that the fact that Brentford, the majority of their chances today came from the left-hand side? Yeah, I think it is. You know, we've had lots of like situations. Our our right-hand side. Yeah, is that we weren't even sure whether it was going to who was going to be in that position. And even up to yesterday, it was like, is it going to be Royal? Is it going to be Porro? And even here today, people, you know, I was I was so delighted that the Royal scored because I was like, ha see, you were saying he shouldn't be playing and yada yada. Royal is a better defender than Porro is. Porro is more of an attacking player. So, um, yeah, I think like I said before, I do think we kind of we were nervous and and it was very kind of. You know, although you're saying the Brentford atmosphere wasn't amazing, they do make it tricky for teams. And we were much calmer in the second half. It was much more assured, I think. You know, having to change your centre-back. You know, I'm thinking back to yesterday's match with Villa and Newcastle. When you change the defender early on, it does unsettle you. You know, we've got two new players playing. We've got Vicario playing. It, I think a lot's kind of a culmination of everything, really. Um, mm. I definitely felt much calmer in the second half. In the first half, I really felt that they were almost going to score or at least have a shot every time they went forward. Um and yeah, I think, I think Ange is still not certain who is playing in that position either. I think um, so. He's possibly still experimenting with who is going to be in. I was just thinking that when when you guys were talking, then it, it might even be a situation that we become one of those teams saying about you know Lascelles. that maybe there isn't this sort of fixed team every game. That there is going to be more of a sort of you know um, changing of personnel, which. I think is quite refreshing that it's more of a because Andrew said yesterday about it being a team, didn't he? And everybody's got to take responsibility and you know not focusing on two. I know we've talked about Richarlison a lot, but not trying to focus on you know one particular two individuals at, and t- sort of spread it around. So yeah, I think it, it was a culmination of a lot of things really. Um, yeah, I, I think like I said, I agree before. I'm I'm pleased. I'm I would have taken two all before the game, um, but we've got to build now things get tougher very quickly with United next week. Well, there was 11 minutes of additional time at the end of the uh, of the first half. Uh, I don't know what time we're going to have to schedule these podcasts in future with uh, the amount of additional time <laughs> like that. Um, but in stoppage time, Hunmin Son had a shot, um, went wide at the back post. Um, and then, of course, uh, Josh, let's come to you. Emerson with a fantastic shot, making it 2-2. Um, it's fair to say Emerson in a Spurs shirt. He's had a difficult time, but... Um, you know, towards the end of last season, um, he seemed to have got a lot of confidence. A lot of fans are now behind him. Is he the best defender or the best um, right back at, at the club? Not even it. Not even a question. It's he is miles above Poro, in my opinion. Um, there's no doubting my Emma Goat, as I call him. I always call him amongst my mates and in various group chats. I refer to him as Emma Goat purely because. Um, there's, there's two reasons. He does outrageous things for no reason. Um, <laughs> like that skill that he did in the second half. He, I think he got a nutmeg with this outrageous no-look flip thing. No need to do it. He could have just made a normal five-yard pass, but he's a bit extra that way, and I absolutely love him for it. Um, he's just so random. Um, he's got a lot of real quality, a lot of quality that I don't think our fan base um, gave him credit for. I feel like many fans, particularly on the uh, kind of negative echo chamber that is Twitter and or X as it is now and social media generally, uh, love to get on his back uh, very unfairly. I mean, I've seen the amount of abuse that you can get abused for, for not saying, <laughs> saying stuff, you know, and, and for me, you know, Emerson doesn't matter what he did and he was getting he was getting abuse. Um, so yeah, I was really pleased that he scored. It was a brilliant finish. Um, 
And I think this inverted role works for him. Pedro Porro, for me, cannot defend. The thing that Emerson has lacked is his crossing into the box, although actually a couple of times when he did put the ball into the box, well, that was of a higher quality than uh, we've previously seen from him. I've always thought it's much easier to teach a player how to deliver a ball into the box than it is to teach them the fundamentals and, and how to actually defend. That's a whole art in itself. And I think that Emerson can do that. I'm not saying he's perfect, but, um, you know, and he's certainly not the quickest in the world, but we got a good performance out of him. I thought it was a solid probably seven out of ten performance today. Um, and, you know, his only weak moment really was getting skinned by Wisser. But for anyone else in that position, Wisser is uh, – it was no, it wasn't Wisser. It was uh, Mwemo. And then Wisser a couple of times as well when he kind of darted across. But the pair of them, absolutely rapid. I think most people in football would struggle to cope with with uh, with their front line, with the pace that they have. So, yeah, I, I think that hopefully now people are starting to see why he's getting picked. And let's not forget, you know, almost all of the graphics I saw on X were, um, you know, Porro as the starting right back. For me, it was always it was always and should have been Emerson Royale. Um, and I think he proved today why he was selected. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and against Man United, I would expect him to play as well. Um, that's not to say that he's necessarily right for every single game. But certainly, I think in the Premier League, I'd be looking to, to, to have him as that kind of nailed on place. I think that he can only get better from here. But the most convincing thing more than anything is, despite the criticism, look how hard he's worked. Look how hard he's worked when he was getting dogs abuse to, um, you know, prove to the fans that he can do it. And the, you know, the way he interacts, I think, with his teammates, you see in the goal celebrations, he seems to be a really popular part of that dressing room. And, you know, seeing how he's turned it around, because he, he did start off poorly, you know, is really good to see. And I think that that's exactly the type of character that Ange Postacoglu wants in his dressing room, someone with that kind of self-starting ability. He doesn't need to be told from the manager what to do. He has the initiative to go out and put the effort in, spend all that extra money on a dietitian, spend all the extra money on training. Um, I was told by um, someone that knows him really, really well um, that when he's at home, he's like a little kid. He's outside playing football in the garden like a kid. When he has his mates over, he's good mates with Gabrielle from Arsenal, for example. Um, and he's great friends with Cootie and and Gio and all the South American lads, Richie. They all go around his house. They party, but they also play football. Um, I found incredible when I was told that. So it says everything you need to know about him. This is a guy that loves what he does for a living and he loves playing at this club. So um, and I'm gonna, it's maybe a little bit of a wild take, but actually I wouldn't have been opposed to him getting one of the vice-captain roles, actually, with the way that he conducts himself. I think his attitude is superb. You, okay. you know what? You know what? Also on Romero, I think that that is definitely an example for all of us fans of, like, writing off a player too early or uh, not being in the right system at the right time because a lot of people wrote off Emerson and the fact that he came back do you know what I mean? And started to put in those performances. And now he's the nailed on right back. I think that's that's great for us. And I think that we should take that example forward when it comes down to Vicario or 
you know, Van der Ven or any of the new boys that are, that, that are trying to integrate themselves into the side right now. I think that's a great example. And, and with Poro as well, I, 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 I would love to see him in Kulu's spot. I would really love to see him up there on the right, right wing. I think we could see all of his skill, all of his tenacity, his goal scoring, his crossing, and obviously using that right foot to swing in with. Um, you know, I think we missed an opportunity when we brought on Spence um, against Barcelona that we didn't put Spence into the right back position and put Poro up there on the right wing position and see how that goes. So, um, yeah, I think there's loads to come from, from Poro. I think he's a fantastic player, but... Again, just a great example, Emerson Royale, a great example of when you write off a player too much um, or when you've just chucked him out the window before you've actually seen anything from him, how good a player can be. So a great example of like not judging a book by its cover too quickly. I think that also comes down to his attitude. I think if we go back to Ndombele, mm. the problem that's always been with Ndombele is his mm. attitude. You know, I think there were times when Lo Celso, I said, before this season or this pre-season, I never really saw him smile. He just never looked happy here. Um, you know, Reguilón was always smiling. And I think it's right, you know, Mora really helped Emerson, didn't he? Helped him learn English. And, you know, he's got married while he's been here. And he's had a little, he's had a son, I think it is. And yeah, you know, and, and obviously Romero's got a young son. And there is a really lovely bond. And I think, um, I think you're right in saying, you know, we're going back to Sanchez. You know, for the North End Derby in May 2022, he played because Romero was injured, and he finished the season actually quite strongly. It's like it's like I said earlier. I worry about Sanchez. You know, sometimes he's a bit rash, and some of the decision making is a bit off. Um, but he he's mm -hmm. quicker than Dyer, and yeah, I think it is down to attitude and 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 sees the attitude. That's why you know Hoybier's attitude may not be great at the moment because you know there's rumours circulating that he wants to leave because he knows people are on his back. Well, they're on your back because of the way you play and prove how you play. You know, I think to be fair to Royal, he did. Porro coming in for Royal really made Royal lift his 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 play because he knew there was a competition there. And it's great to see. Like I said, I was fighting his corner today here, going, "Oh, you know, he's he's great," and I'm so pleased for him. Well, I think it's fair to say just before the halftime break, uh, Brentford should have taken the lead because they missed an open goal. Thank God they did. Uh, went in at two-two. In the 48th minute, Madison to Kulusevski. Kulusevski back to Madison. Madison shot the goalkeeper. Easy for the goalkeeper, though. Um, and it's fair to say the opening 13 minutes of the second half, it was all Tottenham. Uh, Brentford then broke uh, down the left-hand side. Vicario with a double save. Uh, a minute later, uh, another Brentford attack uh, from the left. Sanchez with another good tackle. Um, Becky, do you think that Sanchez will stay at the club beyond this summer transfer window, being the, the week that he's had? Well, yeah, and then people, I only saw the second half of Barcelona and everyone was saying how well he played at Barcelona as well. And I think, you know, like we've sort of said tonight, haven't we? You know, he he, he is is faster, um, I think, with better coaching. I think it's interesting, isn't it? All the coaching at the moment is going into the attacking and, and you know, if the coaching starts going into defending as well. And I think, yeah, equally, I think, like, I just don't know, you know, if the board say there's somebody comes in for them and, and they'll they'll take it, they'll go. Um who knows? I think the fact that he's turned down to go to Russia, I, I agree with Josh. I completely agree. That was completely the wrong move for him. Um, um, yeah, I think I could see him stay. Equally, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes if there is somebody else lined up. Um, but like we've sort of talked about tonight, you know, we are always a couple of injuries away from being quite a thin sort of um, quality. So I could see him staying certainly over Dyer. I think just because of like we've talked already about the last few days with Dyer and things. Um, yeah, I would imagine to, that he would be. 
Um, you know, he probably wasn't even expecting to play today, or he maybe was only going to play 10 minutes at the end for Van der Van, de Van. He ended up playing the majority of the game. So it's probably changed Amge's probably focus on him as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But equally, if, you know, I do think that, that if there are better quality out there, that would be great. But um, Spurs, it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes we just have to um, improve what we've got. And, you know, if that ends up being the case, then that's the way it is, isn't it? Well, in the 60th minute, Hunmin Son's shot was blocked. Uh, Van der Ven uh, then had um, he had a shot, went over the bar. Four minutes later, Madison with a through ball to Richarlison, shot at the goalkeeper. And by the way, Madison got two assists today, completed 62 passes and Jules won four. Uh, Hunmin Son then went off alongside Oliver Skip. Perisic and Saar came on. Uh, Madison was given the captain's armband. Um, a fantastic bit of skill from Emerson Royale in the 77th minute. Uh, a couple of minutes later, a Brentford player went down in the Tottenham box. A penalty appeal. Josh, was that a penalty appeal? Was w- should it have been a penalty or not? Oh, it, it's it's hard. It, the game has changed so much, hasn't it? Um, you know, for me, no, um, no, it wasn't. Is I, this the one with the goalkeeper? When the goalkeeper kind of almost clipped him? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. When Vicario kind of got Vicario, yeah. yeah. No, you know, it, it's, I think Alan Smith described it on commentary as six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's at what point is the goalkeeper running into the striker or the striker running into the goalkeeper? I think you end up in a chicken and egg situation with that one. I don't think we should be seeing penalties for that. I don't think there was a single incident in the game uh, at all today that warranted a penalty. Um, Brentford players were going nuts about a handball attempt that was a yard away and I don't think even came up his arm. Um, for me, you know, the Son one, again, I think that was mainly momentum. It says all you need to know when there's no yellow card for the offence because it's seen as completely unintentional. I think at what point do we allow the game to get to this point where if you breathe on a player, it's a penalty? it feels like that's the way the game is going at the minute. And it's kind of, you know, contact is inevitable. Momentum is inevitable. Um, And so as far as I'm concerned, you know, I think, again, it's a new season, but the same old standard of refereeing in the Premier League, which is just simply not good enough. There's an inconsistency because guaranteed um, there will be far worse challenges than any of them made in the Man United game. But because of the stature of that game, because it's Man United in town and suddenly not little old Brentford, um, they're, they're not going to brandish the yellow card because they're not going to want to spoil the spectacle. But there were several moments of which you could, Madison was booked, could have easily seen a second booking, wasn't booked, but the first one wasn't a booking in my opinion in the first place. So the inconsistency is what gets to me. It wasn't a penalty. There was no penalties in that game. And then to kind of top it off, the cherry on the, the turd cake, if you will, from this referee's performance today, were um, Udoji doing a great bit of defensive work. Yes, he held on to, uh, I think it was in Buemo's shirt, and Buemo was holding on to his shirt, and eventually Udoji was on the ground. Aaron Hickey runs up and essentially stamped on, on Udoji, made the point to the referee. Referee was having none of it. But it was a clear stamping motion, but they didn't even look at it. So um, for me, it just baffles me how we're even in this situation where we're discussing is that a penalty or not, these things should be black and white, um, you know, or as black and white as possible because the rules should be clear on these things. But it doesn't matter who you have as referee, 
you could have had another referee, I don't know, say it was Anthony Taylor or, um, you know, or, or David Coop. They might have given a completely different decision there. They might have thought it was a penalty. So, um, yeah, I mean, all you want is consistency. And, and, and I felt like today we didn't get that. There shouldn't have been that many bookings in a game like that. It wasn't a dirty game. I think, like yeah. we said, you know, Basuma didn't get booked and there were a few, you know, you could argue that some of the cynical fouls in the middle of the pitch to stop them attacking, but it was that kind of match. It wasn't a dirty match. And yeah, it, it, it did kind of stop the momentum of some of the moves because of all the bookings. And yeah, I agree. It, it wasn't that kind of game at all. Ricky, let's come to you. In the 83rd minute, uh, Saar had a header at goal uh, from across from the right-hand side. Easy for the goalkeeper, though. And a minute from time, Madison to Richarlison, who had a shot. It was blocked. Uh, four minutes added on. And then, of course, the game finished 2-2. Uh, for the Manchester United game, um, does Postacoglu stick with Skip in midfield or does he go with Saar or someone else? This, this is where we're at right now. I mean, it was you, you, can, you can have arguments for and against. I mean, you can have arguments for because there was, you know, Skippy put in a lot of energy there. There was also a bit of defensive cover. Um, they're starting to work a relationship. So you want it then to continue to work in a relationship. But of course, we, we've got options in midfield right now. And, you know, we haven't seen the best from Saar either. You know, Saar's another young player that is just finding his feet at Tottenham. And um, we can see glimpses, most definitely, but um, we haven't seen the best of him right now. So whether Ange wants to put him in there for a, a bit of youth experience and a bit of a boxer-boxer, or you you can go all out attacking. And then you have Basuma in the sticks, you have Madison up there, and you have Lacelso up there. That's exciting in itself. So I think that's what's 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 really kind of refreshing for all of the supporters is that we don't know what's going to come from this Tottenham team right now. We know that it's going to be front-footed. We know that we're going to have possession. We know that we're going to be attacking left, right and centre. We're going to be looking for triangles and inverted wing-backs. But we don't know what we're going to see from Tottenham right now. And I think that's an exciting place to be in. And, um, you know, um, against Man United, it's going to be the, the, the most recent biggest test. We know throughout the preseason, we missed the game against Leicester. The Roma game got changed. To Lion City Sailors, is that what they were? Lion City or London? I can't remember. Lion, uh, but the Sailors, Lion, <laughs> Lion City Sailors, and um, and then you know, so it's been very, very kind of bitty. Um, but yeah, I think that's what's exciting right now. I mean, we don't even know if we're going to make a couple of signings next week, or a couple of departures next week, and then who's on the bench, or who's coming in, or who's coming on. So we're in a really exciting place right now. What I do trust in is that we'll go out to play the same way. And I think that example from Barcelona, it being our quote-unquote second team, even though Ange doesn't really like that right that term right now. But um, we saw that that second team went out to play the same way, um, with the same style, with the same bravery, with the same belief, um, with the same systems. So what is really encouraging and exciting that whoever does come in, we're going to go out there to play Angeville. And that's what I want to see, especially against Man United. You know, um, see how we can trouble them. We're going to confuse a lot of sides because, as I'm saying, I don't know what's coming. I guarantee you the managers or the players that are playing against them or the managers that are trying to assess us don't know what's coming either. So I think that's an exciting place to be too. So I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Let's have it. Let's go for it. Um, I think we will probably concede against Man United, but I think 
the fight at the end of the first half and throughout the second half. The, they continue to try to try to play the same way and they continue to try attacking and they, they went for the win. They didn't settle for the 2-2. They were still going for the win. Um, that that encourages me. That excites me too. So whatever whatever side Ange puts out, I'm ready to back it and I'm ready to be that supporter again. I, I mentioned it the other day, but it, it, it's about, you know, I got so angry and frustrated last year and the years previous under different managers and under different systems with some of the same old players, I got so angry and frustrated that I lost majority of my love in watching Tottenham and a lot of my positivity was, it dropped out at the bottom of the bucket. Do you know what I mean? So I had to go back to growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, where I was the only Tottenham fan in the school or in the college and you know, we used to get bantered by you have to stand up and win, lose or draw is Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Do you know what I mean? And and that's where I am right now. I want to go back to supporting my team. I don't support Enoch and I don't support Levy. I support Tottenham Hotspur. And I want to go back to supporting him through thick and thin. And if I can see them playing this this style and with this excitement and with this freedom and with this tenacity, then I'm... I'm ready to go. I'm ready to support him through thick and thin, through a win, through a loss or through a draw. Let's have it. Ricky, very quickly, score prediction for the Man United game. 3-2 Tottenham. Becky, let's come to you. And this is the final question of the podcast. Becky, um, how do you think Ange Postacoglu will set up against Manchester United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next weekend and a score prediction? Um, if Romero's fit, I'd like to think that he would probably start with the same back four that he started with today. Um, obviously, if he doesn't, I'd imagine Sanchez instead of Romero. Um, I don't know about Saar or Skip. Um, it, it, let's say he t- he goes with Skip. Um, and then, yeah, I think the front three will be the same. Son will play at home, Kudasevsky and then um, Richardson up front. I think even if the guy that's waiting for the work permit is does get his work permit, I think he may be on the bench. Um, you know, he's not going to slot straight in, is he? Straight away, he's too young. He's not used to the country and anything like that. You know, that's not going to happen. And Ange said, didn't he? He's quite a way off yet. Um, a score prediction. I don't I don't really see us um, having a clean sheet for probably, probably about November. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I went for one all today. I'm maybe a little bit more positive that we will score more than one per game. I think we got so ingrained by the Conte way in the end, it was bored to tears, weren't we? So... I'll say two all. Another two all. What about you, Josh? Uh, three one Tottenham, and the reason I say that is because I and this is a call to to anyone listening and watching and anyone going to the game as well. Uh, the away fans today led by example. It was special. I mean, the, the standout moment. It made me do a tweet actually, a poll on this. Um, Can't smile without you versus glory. Yeah. glory. Hotspur, what should be our club song? Glory, Mm -hmm. glory, Tottenham Hotspur, I find the most monotonous, kind of groaning, uninspiring thing. Can't Smile Without You has a genuine connection. There's heart to it. And when you guys today at Brentford sung that, that was the loudest thing I heard all game on the TV. Um, So for me, you know, I hope to see that. And I really want our fans to give Ange Postacoglu and this new group of players, especially given that we've had our, you know, our captain and our leader or former captain and leader 
um, and, and Talisman, one of our own, taken away from us, ripped away from us two days before the start of the season. Um, you know, given that there is all change, this is a younger group of players, let's really give them the welcome they deserve. Um, let's make it really loud, let's sing proud, you know, and I think if we if we can get the ground rocking like I know we're capable of doing, we will beat them. We'll beat them. We've got, there's feed a drum, them. isn't there, as well, next week. They'll They're trying yeah. the drum again, aren't they? So yeah. this, group will feed, this group will feed off of our atmosphere this season. That's why we cannot, 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 um, you know, be quiet. And, and, you know, if we go one goal down, we cannot allow the nerves to get the better of us as a fan base, even though it might be difficult. You know, and I, I said in the in a private chat on here, you know, Spurs, according to Opta, recorded their highest uh, ever possession in a Premier League match with 70% today. Um, now, you know, that's on day one where there's a lot of improvements to be made. Um, we're going to learn a lot about Man United tomorrow. Of course, they're going to be strong again. Eric Ten Hag is no slouch. Um, he's one of the very best. Yeah. But, you know, there's a difference between them playing at home against Wolves, who I think are in the mud, compared to Tottenham in, in this new kind of era. And I think that one of the most exciting things, it's also the scariest thing, but the most exciting thing is how unpredictable we are. I think us as a fan base don't quite know what to expect from from the players and from, from this new era. Um, and I don't think op the oppositions that we come against will either. Um, which is why I suppose it is so exciting because it's you know it's it's time for change. It's been long needed. Um, this this group of players seem hungry, and under this manager, you know why not? Why not go into those games and rather than losing them, we go and win them. So yeah, I'm going to back us to win. I think it will certainly be entertaining, and there certainly be goals. And I think that the neutral fans um, will certainly like watching Spurs games this season. Um, Ricky, thanks so much for joining us uh, this evening to talk about today's game. Uh, where can people find you on social media? What are you up to at the moment? You guys know where you can find me. You can find me here on X um, at Ricky J Norwood or on Instagram, uh, official Ricky Norwood. But I'll probably be on with you after Man United, my friend. I'll probably will probably be like cracking on and, and dissecting that game as well. So. Um, you'll know where to find me. I'll be about very, very soon. But um, yeah, always an honour and a pleasure to be on. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new dawn. And I'm here for it. Uh, let's move forward. Let's move forward. Let's not worry about last season. Let's not worry about the past. Let's not worry about any of those kind of judgment scales that we put on anyone in this Tottenham side. It's totally new. It's totally fresh. Let's judge them from today onwards. And um, it's, it's exciting times ahead, brother. It's exciting times ahead and I cannot wait. Let's have it. Come on, you Spurs. Well, thank you, Ricky. And uh, Becky, pleasure having you back on. Uh, where can people find you? Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Um, you, you find me and Jack in the South Stand. Um, he, he's been selected next week to wave a flag with Chirpy. So from half past four, I'm dropping him off and he's doing that. Um um, but yeah, otherwise you'll find me at, at my handles here, Becky D. Becky, and uh, on the cheese room. So I'm there on Monday nights. Um, but yeah, I, like I agree with Ricky there. Just having taken Jack, you know, he's 11 today, but taking Jack to matches last year was hard. It was, you know, and then picking him up on Thursday and Friday was hard. He was really, really down. I, was, I tried to kind of mention rumours that Kane was leaving and 
I think Son being announced as captain yesterday really helped and he was really happy again today and I think he's looking forward to next week again. So, yeah, we after Shakhtar, we were all such, so, in such a great place and then last week was really strange. But, yeah, I'm really, Ange has really already kind of helped the positivity and we're going to kick on from that. And I think you said we're not going to win every game. We are sometimes not even going to get points, but we're going to enjoy it so much more and it, we're going to look forward to games and we're going to look forward to different aspects of games and like you said it, it's really we're unsure what's going to happen and who the personnel is but that's exciting as well and I think that's what we've missed and you know our loyalty has been really pushed and yeah I'm really looking forward to it so yeah thanks for having me on and I'll, I'll be back soon thank you Becky. and a big happy big happy birthday to Jack as well come on you Spurs absolutely. happy birthday Jack birthday. absolutely <laughs> thank you Thank you, Becky. And uh, Josh, pleasure having you back. Uh, look forward to having you back on in the future. Where can people find you? And uh, I, uh, you know, probably an obvious thing is you're going to be working on the transfer window for the next three weeks. Yes, absolutely. Uh, at Josh Hughes TV on X um, and on Instagram. Although I must say, I don't really use Instagram very much. So X is a place to find me, always gobbing off on there. Um, but yes, going to be busy working away. Um, in these final weeks of the window, um, I've managed to escape and avoid working on the Man United game. I think I mentioned before my record watching Spurs whilst being on shift is set, uh, eleven games, eleven defeats. Oh. So, uh, yeah, Stay I'm, not, on. Allowed to, Stay I'm on. Not, allowed, not allowed to work uh, whilst uh, whilst Tottenham are on. And who would want to work when Tottenham is on? Because it's going to be so entertaining. Um, yeah. So anything I hear, obviously, I will um, be putting updates on Twitter um, as much as possible. Um, but yeah, and thank you once again for having me on and, and can't wait to be back. Well, Ricky, Josh, Becky, thanks so much for your time this evening. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you next weekend from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium when Spurs face Manchester United in Ange Postacoglu's first Premier League home game. Let's hope uh, that we can get the three points there. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for your continued support. And until the next time, come on, you Spurs. Come on! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.